the business savvy singer. Hey there, and welcome to the business savvy singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. I'm very excited today to talk with Edward W. Wimp Esquire. He is particularly near and dear to my heart as he is my son. Ed is a lawyer and an MBA. He is a singer-songwriter, he's an avid golfer, and Ed has been road manager for the iconic band Earth, Wind & Fire. He's also been road manager for hip-hop artist ASAP Rocky. Ed is the author of Building Fans, Fame, and Wealth, the 18 Revenue Streams of Music. Let's welcome Ed to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Good morning, Edward. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm good. Good, good, good. It's so good to see you on the screen. (laughs) You know, I have to tell our viewers, my husband, Ed, and I have spent the majority of this pandemic era at our lake home in Michigan. And I am delighted to report that Edward is visiting with us this weekend for Mother's Day. So we went and picked him up this morning at the airport and I just, you know, I couldn't be having a better Mother's Day weekend. I'm so excited that he's taken this time from his busy schedule to spend this holiday with us. So Ed, thanks again for joining us today. Share share with our viewers your earliest recollections of exposure to entertainment. Sure, well, thanks for having me. Um, Really is a pleasure to be here. Uh, You know, music's been in my life as long as I can remember. And starting out uh, as a young age, uh, you, mother, uh, brought me out a lot of times, you know, to uh, go on cruise ships and and, um, on different tours that you did. So, you know, music's always been something that has just been second nature to me and it's just been part of my life since since I can remember. Um, So, you know, I mean, my earliest recollections were just being a kid, you know, taking naps backstage at shows and and uh, that's really just been it. Yeah, yeah, those are great days. Those are great yep. days. So how have those experiences informed your life choices? Sure, well, I think, you know, for one, the cool thing about entertainment and music is that it does open up a lot of opportunity for travel and a lot of opportunity to see things that you wouldn't ordinarily see if you stayed, you know, wherever you're local to. So. Um, you know, it, it really impacted my life experiences just to give me a more worldly point of view and uh, to see different things, different people, different cultures, different foods. Um, and also it gave me a perspective that 
you know, working, you know, a typical nine to five job doesn't have to be your lifestyle. You know, you can travel while having a career that's fulfilling and live a life that's outside the norm of what we all kind of, uh, of what a lot of people resign themselves to when they look at a career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's great. So tell our viewers when you began playing music yourself. Sure. So I think my first instrument was violin. Hated it. <laughs> and um, it was the worst. But but you know, but it, but it, I, but I fell in love with music through the process. So I didn't like the instrument itself, but I liked the, the notion of music. Um, and then I took vocal lessons, started to grow on me a little bit more. Um, then I took trumpet, which really grew on me a lot more. Um, I really enjoyed that. And then um, I started playing guitar around, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And um, I just fell in love with it. You know, and I've played guitar since. Uh, so I play guitar, bass, still sing. Um, and I like, you know, just the, the freedom that it, that it gives you, you know, it, it's, it's such an expressive instrument. You can express so much emotion through it. That's great. That's great. So how did you decide to choose a career on the management business side of entertainment? So I think <clears throat> um, I saw a, that I had a skill for it. I think a lot of just with any other product that you're trying to sell, whether it's music or whether it's, you know, anything, you know, just having the concept, having the product itself is, I would say, not even half the battle. So, you know, whether you're selling, you know, a cell phone or you're selling a song, um, no matter how good that cell phone or song is, it doesn't matter, like no one's going to hear it unless you are able to bring it to market. So I think I saw for myself, an, an ability to be able to do that. And I enjoyed playing music, I enjoyed writing music, recording music, but I also found a knack for myself in bringing that music to market and bringing, you know, and making a business out of it. So that's really kind of part of the, part of the way that I got to the business side of it. And then also um, just people that I, that I knew in the industry that gave me opportunities to exploit uh, the skill that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be my next question. Um, how did you get involved with Earth, Wind & Fire? How did that happen for you? Sure. So a family friend um, was tour manager of Earth, Wind & Fire. And I uh, was about to graduate college and I'm aging myself, but in 2012, <laughs> and I didn't really have um, any plans following college. Um, if you ever seen the movie The Graduate, that was kind of my my fear of just lounging by the pool all day and, and not really having anything to do. So I was about to graduate college and, um, you know, I, I hit up this family friend and basically just said, you know, I didn't think he'd say yes, but I just said, is there any way that I could, you know, come out and work with Earth, Moon, Fire this summer? And he said, you know, yeah, come, there's a show in Chicago, um, maybe like two weeks after I graduated college. So he was like, come to that show and I'll show you some stuff, you know, behind the scenes. And I did that. And then following that show, he invited me out later that summer to go on the rest of another, another leg of that tour. So that's really kind of how I got into uh, that, um, you know, group of uh, outstanding people and musicians. And it just kind of went from there. And then I kept working with them 
And through that same connection, I worked with ASAP Rocky, which was a completely different, you know, it was really cool dynamic to go from Earthman and Fire, who they've been doing this for 40 years and they've got it pretty down pat to then going out with a bunch of, you know, 20, 21 year olds that, you know, can't, <laughs> that, that it's just very different. Yeah, trying to figure it out. They're trying, trying to, to figure it out. out. Yeah, yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah. 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 Well, now you've been all over the world with Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah. Tell us about your most memorable experience with them. Yeah. You know, if you have more than one, you can tell us about more than one. But, sure. Um, well, I think one of one of the really cool experiences. I've got several. Um, one, one of them was certainly I grew up a big fan of the Beatles. Um, I'm still a big fan of the Beatles. They're great. And we did um, a show at Abbey Road Studios. And it was just absolutely incredible just to be there and be, you know, in, you know, like our dressing rooms were like the studios that a lot of these artists have recorded in. You know, so it's not like, you know, there's no like red tape or anything that, you know, it's like we're just literally just hanging out all day in these um, beautiful studios within Abbey Road Studios. And um, Earth, Wind and Fire covered Imagine that night at the studio and it was just this real experience. And it was one of those times when, you know, after the whole show was done, I really just like sat down and had a glass of wine and just like alone, you know, and I just took time to soak it in. And that's not always common, you know, many times, um, you know, something really cool happens when you're on the road, but it's like, you gotta keep moving, you gotta keep going to the next thing. In that show, we were staying in London after that and everything was taken care of like the band was gone like you know there, i didn't have anything, anything left, to, left to do and i wasn't in a hurry to get out so i was able to just sit just relax and just soak it all in so that was a really cool experience um another cool experience was uh we did russell wilson's wedding uh to sierra that was really neat um just so many where was that where was that i was in manchester um so that was an experience that was, um, you know, it was iconic because like all my friends were, you know, tweeting about the wedding and like, you know, posting pictures on Instagram about the wedding. It was all over the National Enquirer, like, you know, it was all over the place, but it was cool to actually like be there. Um, yeah. Another really surreal experience with Earthwind was um, a few years ago, 2016, it would have been Ju July 2016 um there was a horrible terrorist attack in uh nice france and um it was at a bastille day ceremony and like a truck had like driven through like a crowd of people it was terrible so the night before we'd been in switzerland and we overnighted to the to nice and we got there in the morning wake up go in the hotel and um we heard about this you know the whole city's under a state of emergency so they canceled the show and, but they still had um, catering set up. The show was like just down the block from the hotel. So they still had catering that afternoon. And um, so I, we still went, you know, to, to eat, you know, down, down the block and it was on the ocean and it was just like the most like beautiful, serene sight, but it was so eerie to just be sitting where there's supposed to be all these people and this big, you know, beautiful concert um and we were just kind of there just 
eating with each other in silence after this horrible event had occurred. Um, so it was definitely one of the one of the things that stuck with me. And um, and it was weird too, because, you know, just a month before that, um, there had been a horrible terrorist attack in Orlando where I live. So, and, you know, Facebook around that time had, you know, unveiled its whole mark yourself safe feature. So I remember, you know, when, when a horrible event happened. So I remember marking myself safe in Orlando, then months later in Nice, marking myself safe. And, you know, it, it just like, it, it was just, again, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, the places that entertainment takes you and the things that you see, because you realize there's no such place as paradise. You know, and I think that we all think that other countries are way better than we are. Or we think that we're better than other countries or whatever it is. Neither one's true. Bad stuff happens everywhere. Good stuff happens everywhere. And the cool thing about entertainment is that it really unveils that and that you can, it does give you a chance to travel a lot and see a lot of different things. So That's great. That's great. So how did you decide to become a lawyer and get a master's degree in entertainment management? And how has the pandemic affected your business? You know, I, I know that you're doing a lot of other kinds of law as well. Um, but, you know, how, you know, how did you, well, first answer, how did you become a lawyer? Yeah. I decided to become a lawyer and get a master's degree. Um, well, I, so I guess my education background, I've always kind of concentrated on two things that I think are applicable to everything. So one of them being business, I have a bachelor's in business and a master's in business. And then I'm also an attorney. And the thing, the reason I pursued this path is because there's business surrounding everything. Right. So that's why I got the bachelor's and master's. There's business in literally everything you do. Um, and same with law. You know, it's many times people think that lawyers are, um, you know, only doing, you know, personal injury cases or only doing certain things. But I think people fail to realize that, um, you know, there's in literally everything that you're that you do or consume or there's a legal component to it. You know, the chair you're sitting in, there's a patent for it. You know, the music you're listening to in the grocery store, there's licensing for that. The um, I mean, you name it, you know, it's, it's around us. You go outside and breathe the air, there's environmental law, you know? So, I mean, the legal profession offers so much um, diversity in what you can do and it's in demand, you know? And there are so many times that I was out with Earthwind or with ASAP where, um, you know, it would come up, we need an attorney, you know? And, you know, I figured why not be that person? So that's really the, the reason I pursued the legal route. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. And then the second part of your question, how has it impacted? Yes. Um, and, you know, I think in entertainment, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, it's really forging. You would think that, you know, you would think that, you know, without live shows happening and without um, records being uh, recorded quite as much or without, uh, people being able to congregate together, you would think that, you know, legal services would, would dwindle. Um, but that's not so much the case. You know, I've had people call me trying to orchestrate uh, management companies or trying to go back to the drawing board to set up different, different sorts of companies or entities and also getting creative with the ways in which they distribute their content. Mm -hmm. You know, people are doing live streams and people are doing stuff like this you know, that opens up a whole different um, plethora of legal issues many times. 
that haven't been thought of before, you mm -hmm. know, when it comes to ownership, when it comes to licensing or, or who can use what content. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I wouldn't say that, you know, necessarily legal, uh, entertainment law has dwindled. It's just changed and mm -hmm. it's really opened the door for a lot of thought leaders and for a lot of new trailblazers to figure out exactly what the laws will be and how they'll be applied. That's great. That's great. So what do you think entertainment will look like going forward? Will live streaming continue as a viable entertainment delivery model in the post-pandemic era? Or do you think people will just get back to what they've, you know, are most familiar with or what they've been doing yeah. before? Yeah, I mean, I think that live streaming will, I mean, we, we, we now know that we have these capabilities. Um, and, you know, what's the phrase? Necessity is the mother of invention. You know, so we now have all this stuff that we've, you know, made out of necessity or begin to use out of necessity. Um, so I think it's not going to go away. With that being said, I think that you can't ever, you know, music is such a natural um, thing, you know, and, and it's, I, I always think music is intended to be consumed in person. You know, you can listen to a record, but it's not going to be the same thing as watching somebody actually do it. Yeah. You know, it's something that's, it's a very intimate process. So I think at the end of the day, you know, yeah, sure. There might be more ways to consume music, might be more ways to distribute music, might be more content to, that you can make, but that's not going to have an impact on ticket sales. You know, once people are, are comfortable going back out in public, people are going to want to go see somebody perform for them as opposed to, you know, sitting in their kitchen watching you know a live performance or something you know yeah yeah I, th I think you're right i think you're right there's something very special about having that live experience mm -hmm. so how have you managed the emotional impact of the pandemic has it had much of an emotional um effect on you at all um hmm. i mean it's i i suppose pose I, I think more so from a perspective i'm going to say that it hasn't had an emotional impact would be a lie now is the emotional impact good or bad is i think the next question okay you know and i think you know it's, it's really kind of you know allowed for people to connect in a way that they wouldn't ordinarily connect um i've talked to a lot of people out of you know that ordinarily you might just go out and hang out with your friends that live you know within 10 miles from you mm -hmm. when you don't see those people even now you reach out to the people that live back home where you grew up or people that you know live somewhere else yeah. um so it's benefited my life in that way um sure you know things you know got lonely for a little while you know not being able to you know go out things get boring um but yeah i mean it hasn't been that taxing yeah yeah well that's good that's good um what is the thing that you've missed most during the pandemic the thing that you've missed doing most um i'd say definitely going out and seeing music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and just the impromptu you know not even planning to go see music you know just hanging out one day then your friend calls you and says hey let's go to this show then you just go yeah you know i yeah i do miss that um i miss traveling you know, I miss, uh, you know, I've just been kind of stuck in Florida 
and there's worse places to be stuck, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially during the winter. So, so, so don't don't get me wrong. There there are worse places to be stuck, but nobody wants to be stuck anywhere. Yeah, you know. So, um, so I would say that's that's been you know one of the things that that I miss. You know, just being able to just travel freely. Yeah, and go yeah. somewhere freely and just you know just. So I'd say that's the most difficult. That's great. So what will be the first thing that you do when the pandemic is over? Maybe um, <laughs> hmm. I, have, I have no clue. You have no clue? <laughs> maybe, no maybe a trip, maybe a, a yeah. long trip somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking along those lines, maybe a trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Somewhere, new, somewhere far. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can take a family trip. That would be nice. I actually, well, you know this. I want a trip to Cancun. Yes, so, tell us how you won this trip. <laughs> tell us about this. <laughs> so, I, so I work at a, at a law firm, and we had a golf outing. And there was a closest to the pin award. So I hit the ball closest to the pin, and, and, the, and the award was a trip to Cancun. So I've got the, I've got the trip waiting. <laughs> great. That is great. That is great. So is there anything that you'd like to share with creative people, with musicians or actors or anything um, about getting ahead in the entertainment business? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, and I feel like I'm, you know, kind of preaching to the choir with this because I feel like if people are watching this, they're already kind of on the right path as far as this advice I'm going to give. Um, but if anybody should stumble in here and not be quite on the <laughs> quite on the same page, then this is for you. Um, but I think, uh, you know, always, you know, it's great. I'm not saying don't practice your instrument or your craft or whatever that is. That's great. You know, definitely keep doing that. But talent alone is not going to cut it. You know, you could be the, like, I know some incredible, the best musicians that I know don't make a living playing music. Um, and it's, you know, and, and the people that I do know that make, make a living playing music. Um, and that's aside from like Earthman and Fire and those guys. Like those guys are great, great musicians and they'd make a good living playing music. So I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about, you know, people that, you know, I may have gone to school with or people that I know from the music scene in Orlando. Um, the best musicians don't make, many times don't make a living because they're so caught up in the craft itself, but not taking care of the business side of it. And not taking care of you know the marketing or not taking care of um, the financial aspect of it or not making a product that people want to consume um, at the end of the day you need to make people want your product and not everybody wants to hear somebody shredding on guitar all day they want to have something that they can follow um, a brand so i would say work on your brand um, in addition to your actual craft itself. So work on your brand, work on, you know, make sure your legal work is correct. Um, you're budgeting properly. You're allocating money in the right places. And um, so that would be the, the primary advice that I would give. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. You know, we have a lot of people that listen to this that, you know, do a variety of, of things. And, you know, it's so um, tempting for us as creative people to be so all about the creative aspect, you know, and I, you know, I want to have the best product that I can have. You know, I teach these um, classes, um, the online huddle, and I have people in the class and we talk about all kinds of marketing and branding and, you know, and, and I tell them, you know, you've got to really work very hard on your own behalf. 
mm-hmm. you know, aside from your actual um, talent, you've got to push your own brand. Mm-hmm. First of all, you've got to create your brand and then you've got to really push that. And and I think a lot of people really don't get that. You know, they don't they don't understand. You know, they feel, well, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can do my craft well, um, but there's so much more to it. There's so much more to it. And I, I was telling some students last week, you know, when I actually get on stage to perform, it's like, oh, this is great. This is great because all my time is spent doing the grunt work, doing all the other stuff. Not all of my time, but much of it. So, you know, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, that's something for people to realize. You know, you build the skill set, you know, you have the talent, you build the skill set, but you also are a business person. Right. And you have to be um, promoting yourself and doing all of those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think people are so quick. And it's understandable. I'm not. I'm not faulting this mentality because I can understand how you could fall into this trap. But people are so quick to think that music's such like the sacred, innate thing that it isn't to be sold or exploited yeah. or capitalized on. Um, but it is a business, you know, and and it is something that if you want to make a living doing it, you need to you need to treat it that way. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that, you know. There's nothing wrong with with branding yourself and making a product that people want, just like Coca-Cola does, or just like McDonald's does, or just like Toshiba does, or like any any other company. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Coca-Cola doesn't, you know, spend nine million hours, you know, perfecting their recipe. They have the recipe. They spend all their time marketing it and getting it in stores and doing all the business behind it. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Ed, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. What a treat. Wishing you much continued success in your esteemed profession. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at GretaPope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.